and welcome into the Full Tilt Boogie Podcast. You're from SEC Country. I'm your host, John Neighbors. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. Lots of things to get to today. And as always, thank you for making us a part of your day today. Arkansas drops another heartbreaker on the road against Texas A&M and College Station. We'll talk about that as well as the rest of the SEC in progress and get into some nonsense with some new news about Brett Bielma and his buyout. But before we do, I have some bad news, folks. And in case you haven't read the uh, the tweets that I put out uh, as of yesterday, uh, this podcast, uh, as far as being affiliated with SEC Country, will come to an end next Friday. Uh, so I will we will continue to do the podcast this week and then next week, and then after that, there will be no more SEC Country podcasts. The, the powers that be have decided to uh, get away from the podcast, so... Uh, unfortunately for me, I will no longer be affiliated with SEC Country. It really, it really bums me out. It really bums me out, and uh, I just uh, I hate to you know hate to end it that way, especially so abruptly in the middle of the basketball season. But that is a decision made by them. But uh, you know, we'll talk about that more in depth uh, towards the end of the podcast. So uh, I know that more people want to hear more about the basketball game, and that's what we'll get. So we'll get to that uh, in a lot more here in uh, just a second, but Arkansas losing to Texas A&M 80-66 on the road in College Station, and the game was really just about a stretch of about five minutes. Five minutes in this game is what the difference was, and that was the first five minutes of the second half. Texas A&M comes out guns blazing from three-point land, hits five threes in the first five minutes. Arkansas is starts off with, I think, it was one and nine to start into the game, start the second half. Texas A&M was shooting ninety percent; they were nine of ten to start the second half, and that was all she wrote. That was it. That was the difference. Daryl Macon goes for twenty points in this game, coming off the bench. He hits three threes. Jalen Barford goes for nineteen. Darius Hall was really the playmaker for Arkansas, had 13 points on six of six shooting, and hit one three, had seven rebounds, two steals, one assist, had four turnovers, though, so you don't want to see that. But a nice beacon of hope there. And that was it. Those were the only players that really gave anything for Arkansas. Daniel Gafford, five points, four rebounds, four personal fouls, only shot the ball four times. Orlando Cook got the start this game for some reason. But zero points for him. It was zero of three from the field. Anton Beard had seven points, but two of nine from the field. Mm. Dustin Thomas had two points. Trey Thompson had zero, 0 for four. CJ Jones had one shot, one three, did not go in. Zero points. Zeros across the board. No minutes for Adrio Bailey. Don't know where he was. I'm sure uh, we'll find out more about that. See if there was a coach's decision there, if it's disciplinary or whatever it may be. But just, it wasn't enough. And for whatever reason, Arkansas going up against a team like A&M. A&M doesn't have great guards. They have great bigs. They, you know, they're very solid inside, but they don't really have any great guards. And going into this game, I kind of felt like, I started sitting there and thinking about it. Texas A&M is going to hit a lot of threes. I knew they were. I think we all knew they were. They're not a good three-point shooting team, but they're going to hit threes. And guess what? They did. They hit 10. 10 of 26. Uh, Starks went 4 of 5. Gilder went 3 of 7. Hogg went 3 of 6. And there it was. That's all it took. Knocked Arkansas out early. All the starters were in double figures for Texas A&M. They didn't get a whole lot of bench points. 
but it was just too little too late for the Razorbacks. They made a quick comeback there in the second half to cut it to single digits. I believe nine points was as close as it got. But too many plays down the stretch made the difference for Texas A&M. It's not, it's not one of those losses where it's the end of the world and people need to start freaking out and start wondering what, what in the world's going on. What's what's the job security like for Mike Anderson? Or are they going to do anything? How, how bad is it going to get? Whatever it may be. People are going to freak out, and that's fine. But I looked at these two road games with A&M and LSU as being a one-and-one deal. Arkansas has got to go one-and-one in them. So that leaves it open to where Arkansas has to beat LSU. Has to happen. No questions asked. Have to beat Texas. Have to beat LSU on the road. LSU's not a great team. Uh, Arkansas played them already and lost that game in an embarrassing fashion at home. So surely there'll be some revenge on their mind. And if Arkansas can do that, they'll be in good shape because they still have Kentucky at home they can get a win against. They still have Auburn at home they can get a win against. Uh, they have teams like Vanderbilt and South Carolina coming home where that should be victories for the Razorbacks. And uh, if they can just take care of business in those games, then all will be well. I know it's a tall order, and maybe it's people are saying that I'm being too optimistic, but I always are gonna. I'm always gonna look at it as there's still a lot of season left. Arkansas sitting at four and five in conference, fifteen and seven overall. It's not where you want to be, especially with some of the games that Arkansas should have won, should have uh, taken care of business in. Mississippi State's going to be that glaring one that should have absolutely been in Arkansas's favor, but it didn't. They should not have lost to LSU the way they did, but. Hey, can't go back and change the past. So midway point through conference play, Arkansas is four and five. Not ideal, but still a lot of games to be played. Texas A&M, if, you know, they got their players back from the injuries and from the suspension. So I think that they're a better team than what a lot of people give them credit for. In fact, the stupid announcers kept saying, "There's, I can't believe this does not look like a team that's two and six in conference." Well, because it's not the same team that went two and six in conference. Numb nuts. It's because it's, this team has had a lot of players that have been missing from the team. And now they get back and I mean, stop traffic. But when they get their great players back, guess what? The team usually does pretty well. Start looking like the team that was a top five team. Amazing how that works out. But anyways, uh, it, A&M's a good team, decent team. But I, I know I don't really know how to play this out or how to how to spin this in any way because I don't like trying to spin anything in the favor of any type of narrative. But. Uh, I just feel like this is this is going to be something that Arkansas can overcome. It's not the end of the world. It's it's not something that's going to come back and bite them uh, in the long run. It's not going to be looked at as a bad loss, but it's just Arkansas has so little room for error, and they're and they're and they're starting to run out of room, like serious room for error, because four and five ain't moving the needle. But then again, the SEC is so stinking stupid. I mean, for crying out loud, Vanderbilt should have beaten Kentucky and Lexington tonight. The worst team in the SEC should have beaten Kentucky, but they couldn't make a free throw at the end of regulation. That was the difference. Boom, just like that. And then they fouled him. Stupid foul. Just stupid plays like that. So it's a crazy conference. Georgia spanked Florida by 12 points. Florida, top 25 team, got beat by Georgia, a team that Arkansas beat on the road. Weird. Now, Auburn's still doing Auburn things. I mean, they're far and away the best team uh, in this conference. But regardless, it's just it's just not – it's such a weird league right now. I don't really know who's good besides Auburn. I don't know of anyone that's bad. I think you have a bunch of average to above average teams. Some of them will get in the NCAA tournament. Some of them won't. Maybe some of them feel like they deserve to be in it. But I, I just don't see anything about these teams where I'm just – 
saying, wow, look at this. Like amazing how this how this team works. Amazing how they look when they go up against SEC teams. It's just it's just not there. So this is causing some problems for Razorback fans, and rightfully so. It's a frustrating team to watch at times because you have a great player in Jalen Barford, Daryl Macon, who need to go out and get theirs. But you can't get any consistencies from really anybody else. Gafford looked like an all-pro at the beginning, but I think people got film on him. Now they've seen exactly how to slow him down. Anton Beard can't shoot right now. Your bench is not giving you anything. I mean, Cook, Thompson, Thomas, Jones, where where are those guys at? I've said it before. In order for Arkansas to win games, especially on the road in the SEC, they need two three-pointers from C.J. Jones every game. Two. They got to get two threes from him. And between Thomas, Thompson, and Cook, all right, so between those three players, they have to score at least ten points. Not two. Ten. Ten points between the three of them. Gafford has to get at least close to a double-double every game. Beard needs to have more assists than points, in my opinion. But, you know, that's that's just the game he plays. It's not that he can't go out and hit it, but he's just not the one you want to be hitting it. So, this is, this is just like, the, you know the recipe. You know what they have to do to be successful. But there's a difference between saying it and executing it. And right now, Arkansas is just not executing it. And... I don't know if it's going to play out any differently. I don't know if Arkansas is going to be able to beat LSU. That's on the road. You never know. You know, And if Arkansas loses that one and they're 4-6 and six in conference, then there might be some serious problems. However, with the schedule and how it's setting up, Arkansas can win the next four. I think Eric Bowen even is going to talk about it and, and write about it at least, that Arkansas' schedule favors them a little bit in the next four games. If you think about it, they got to go to LSU – then South Carolina Vandy at home, and then at Ole Miss. All four of those teams are not very good, and all four of those games are very winnable. And if Arkansas wins those four, and then they get Kentucky, and then they get Texas A&M and Kentucky at home, I think they can win both of those. I mean, they could win six straight. I think they'll lose at Alabama, then beat Auburn at home, and so that'll put them at seven wins. And then we'll just say they lose to Missouri at the end of the season because I think Missouri is a pretty good team. So they'll lose to Missouri at the end of the season. So that puts them at. Seven and two the rest of the way. If they are to go seven and two the rest of the way, that puts them at eleven and nine, or not eleven and nine. Excuse me, that puts them at eleven and seven. And so I feel like that's good enough. That'll get you in the tournament, and that'll be fine. You can't, you can't do, you can't go nine and nine in the conference and expect to get in the tournament. You just can't do it. They can't lose three more games. I guess it would be four more games. See, I, this this new 18 schedule just freaks me out and it makes confuses me. But anyways, you just can't have them going nine and nine. Put it that way. They got to go ten and eight. They have to have the winning record in conference. And they do that, they'll be in good shape. But uh, I understand fans' frustrations. I understand that it's a, it's a lot of things going on that's uh, upsetting to some people. And you know, a lot of people don't want to deal with Mike Anderson, and some people are still being in favor of Mike Anderson. What I mean, whatever your take is, whatever you feel like is going on, I get it. I understand it. I know that it's frustrating for you all, but you got to wait till the season plays out. Wait till the season plays out, then make your judgments, make your calls, make all that. Because basketball, college basketball is a funny thing. Because say if Arkansas goes 10-8 and eight in conference, barely squeaks into the tournament, all right? You're all like, okay, well, decent, but that sucks. What if they made it to the Sweet 16 as an as a Cinderella story? Not really a Cinderella, but let's say if they made it to the Sweet 16. 
Are you going to give a rip about the non-conference schedule? Are you going to give a rip about the conference schedule? Are you going to give a rip about what the team looked like? No, because you're going to say Mike Anderson made it to the Sweet 16. Wait till the season plays out. Wait till it ends. And then once it ends, officially, you can start making your judgments. You can start saying what's good, what's bad. You can start doing all of that. All right? Things change. So just hold on on that. Um, another news, Brett Bielma gets, it looks like he's going to get his full buyout of $11 million, according to the Razorback Foundation that they sent out uh, an email to all the media members. Hate to hate to see that. I'm just coaching, you just, coaches' salaries are big enough, but then they got all of these buyouts, especially for old Brett Bielma. Man, the guy got paid to suck. And if it's being too harsh, I'm sorry, but that's true. The guy got like $30 million if he added up all of his salary at Arkansas in his buyout. He got $30 million to suck. I, I got in the wrong profession. I should have been a college football coach. But, man, oh, man, that's just, uh, just it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. $30 million to suck. Imagine if any of us sucked at our jobs. And we got paid even decently. Like, imagine that. Imagine any of us that were just like decent at, or bad or terrible at our jobs, but we got paid as well as if we would be as good as our jobs. I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me. Hopefully, there's some type of epidemic coming that'll be able to change that. But for some reason, I sincerely doubt it. All right. Uh, and I'm going to just discuss again what's going on with the podcast. Uh, as I uh, opened up with. So, uh, SEC Country and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who is our headquarters, decided that the a lot of the teams in, on SEC Country that do podcast, they're no longer going to be needing the services of those podcasts. It has nothing to do with quality. It has nothing to do with the amount of listens we got because the, the Arkansas podcast was the second most listened to podcast on SEC country behind Georgia. So, and appreciate all that. But, uh, you know, they decided that they wanted to move a different direction. And unfortunately in this business, it's, that's the way it goes sometimes. But uh, I just want you all to know how much I appreciate each and every one of you listening in, the support, the fun we've had, the, you know, everything. I appreciate it more than any of you will even know. And I hope that you won't stop listening to the podcast. Because here's the thing. SEC Country is not going to do a podcast anymore. But I am. I'm going to continue to do a podcast. Okay? It won't be affiliated with SEC Country. It, it will probably just be my own doing. and But it will be the same format. Same setup. Maybe even, maybe even better. Because, yeah, I'll be able to say whatever I want. Probably. Probably not. It won't change it all but either way i think it'll be a really good experience and i i sincerely hope that if you've enjoyed this listening to this podcast to please uh subscribe to my new one and i'll keep everybody updated on social media and on this podcast too but uh, I'm, I'm not getting down about it uh i enjoyed working for sec country there are a bunch of great guys over there and i appreciate eric bowen and trent shaded being very welcoming to me and helping me out in any way i can but uh, all good things must come to an end, right? But, again, it's not going completely going to an end because I'm still going to do a podcast. I'm still going to talk Razorbacks. I'm still going to uh, answer all your questions and take your topics and talk about it a lot more. Uh, but in what form or what platform or what fashion, whatever, that's, not, that's up to the debate right now. But either way, 
I want to keep everybody updated. And again, we're going to be doing it this week and then next week. And then SEC Country Podcasts will no longer exist. And again, I hate it, uh, but that's the decisions that they made. And I think we, we've done a really good job with it. I think that we've we've really gained a following. And you guys have been amazing and appreciate so much, so much, you guys listening in. Uh, I, I do it for y'all. It's not for me and it's not for money or anything like that. It's because I like to interact and I like to do things that people enjoy. I like to, if you guys enjoy the podcast, then I do it for y'all because it makes, it makes it worthwhile to me. And that's cliche. I get it, but I mean it, Uh, I mean every word. So, but we're not, it's not going to stop right here. We're going to keep doing podcasts, man. Keep doing it. You can keep listening in. We're going to keep talking Razorbacks. It's still going to be a fun time. We'll still have guests on. We'll still just won't be affiliated with SEC country anymore. I'll keep you all updated as time goes on. But uh, I, again, appreciate every one of every one of you being supportive and listening in. We'll end it right there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.